My name is Father Mori, and I am a priest at All Saints Parish in Manassas, so not too far away, but it's such a privilege for me to be here with you to offer this uh, school mass today and also conclude the 40 hours devotion that we've been celebrating uh, as a parish. So over the last two days, Jesus has been truly present, not only in the tabernacle, he's been present in the monstrance. That we know that the word monstrance means to show. So whenever we see Jesus on the, and the monstrance on the altar, we always want to recognize his presence among us, that this is truly the body and blood of Christ, that he's with us in the Eucharist, and that's the sign of his abiding presence with us. No matter how old we are, no matter where we live or what language we speak, God is calling all of us to become saints, to become holy. But we live out holiness in different ways. Some become saints through teaching, others by laying down their lives as martyrs, others in marriage and family life. Others dedicated their entire lives to God as priests. We know of many heroic priests down through the centuries, many heroic priests who dedicated their lives to God, including Pope John Paul II, St. Philip Neri, St. Padre Pio, and even our own patron, St. John the Beloved. He was a priest. But the patron saint of priests and the most famous, famous parish priest of all is St. John Vianney, who was born about 230 years ago in France. Now, he grew up during the French Revolution when good priests had to go into hiding to avoid being rest, arrested and killed by those in power. So mass had to be offered in secret, kind of like the early church, and sometimes even very late at night. But St. John Vianney's family welcomed and sheltered priests. So he recognized, even from a very young age, the importance and the necessity of the priesthood. He saw these amazing men who had come to visit his home, who had been transformed by the grace of Christ. They were risking their very lives to serve the spiritual needs of God's people. St. John Vianney realized that without priests, there simply is no Eucharist. And without the Eucharist, there is no church. So that's how important the priesthood is and why Jesus is still calling men to follow him in this radical way. St. John Vianney almost failed in his life goal of becoming a priest because he struggled with Latin and it seemed that whenever he took an oral exam, he didn't do very well. And so the, his superiors weren't willing to promote him to the priesthood because they didn't think he had the abilities to do so. But he was a man of prayer, absolutely enthralled by the Eucharist, which was his greatest love and his greatest joy. He sometimes even lost track of time when he was at prayer with the Eucharist because he was so engaged in his prayer and his attention was completely fixed on Jesus in the Eucharist. He once said, you will always find a friend in Jesus in the Eucharist to console you in your moment of need. He will never fail to help you. Isn't that so true? That Jesus never fails to help us when we call upon him with confidence. After his ordination as a priest, St. John Vianney was sent to a small town named Arves. Now, this town only had about 240 people living in it, so it's a very, very small town. But he spent the rest of his life there, hearing confessions, teaching catechism classes, caring for orphans, and really serving as a priest in general. But great crowds began to come to this town because they had heard that a saint was living in their midst. 
But despite all of this attention, St. John Vianney remained rooted in the Eucharistic Lord. In fact, the highlight of each and every day was when he offered the holy sacrifice of the Mass, which he always did with the greatest reverence. Through his priesthood and his priestly ministry, he helped so many people to grow in their relationship with God and to grow in holiness. So how do we know if God is calling us to be a priest? Well, we have to begin with Jesus in the Eucharist. And Jesus wants us to receive him frequently in the sacrament so that we can become more like him. St. John Vianney once said that the saints are always taken from the ranks of those who receive them frequently. So we have to receive the Eucharist frequently if we want to grow in holiness and if we want to become like Jesus. Jesus instituted the priesthood and also the Eucharist at the Last Supper. And like Christ himself, a priest is consecrated. Now the word consecrate means to set apart, to set aside for a very holy purpose. And so a priest is consecrated, meaning he's set aside and he's sent on a mission. He's sent on a mission. And that's, that's something engaging for us. We want to be sent on a mission. And that God still sends men on mission to serve as priests. It's similar to being maybe a doctor or a soldier. It takes a lot of time in school and training and practice and prayer and using God, God's gifts. But that's the same thing that a priest is also sent on mission. Jesus ordained his apostles as priests. And then when he said, do this in memory of me, he said those words at the Last Supper, he was giving them his power and authority and by extension, to their successors, the successors of the apostles, to act in his name and to do the same, that they would be consecrating bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. Now, the present-day successors of the, of the apostles, those are our bishops. So Bishop Burbage is our link all the way back to the apostles. But the bishops share that authority of Christ to their co-workers, the priests, and so the priests have also received that authority and that mandate, that mission from Christ having been set aside for a special purpose. And so really the apostles' ministry and priests in general is really just an extension of our Lord's own ministry. At the Last Supper, Jesus took bread and wine and he said, this is my body, this is my blood. The fancy word transubstantiation means that after the consecration at Mass, the bread and the wine are changed into something entirely new. Sure, it still looks like bread, and it sure tastes like bread also. But through the power of the Holy Spirit and the words of consecration, the words of Christ, it truly becomes the body and blood of Christ. And something similar happens in the priesthood. Outwardly, the priest still looks and sounds like an ordinary man. But in his being, in his self, he has been changed into something entirely new. He becomes a living instrument of Jesus Christ. St. John Vianney once said that the priesthood is the love of the heart of Jesus. So when you see a priest, you should think of Jesus. The Latin word pontifex means bridge builder. And that's really what a priest's role is, that he's a bridge builder. He serves as a bridge or a mediator between God and between human beings. And God might be calling some of you young men to serve him as a priest so that you can help other people to grow in their knowledge and love of God. What an honor. What a privilege this would be to serve him as a priest. But Jesus is really 
the great high priest. He is the true mediator because he offered the one perfect sacrifice on the cross. But he's asking certain men to continue his ministry, to continue that ministry, to share in his priesthood in our own day. But a priest has to be willing to live a life that's not his own, to become a servant like Christ. And a priest lives out holiness, especially by obedience to his bishop and by serving God's holy people. When I became a priest, I had to give up certain things. But I also got to continue doing many things also, such as sports. Now, I grew up in the Seattle area where I played all different sports. But even today as a priest, I still get to participate in a lot of different sports. I play a lot of soccer and baseball. And then recently I've picked up cycling and swimming. So I'm, I'm so thankful to God that he called me to be a priest and to serve him in this role. And every day brings so many new graces and blessings and opportunities to learn. A priest, if you think about it, is present at so many important moments in people's lives. Certainly being present at baptism, baptizing a child and welcoming that child into God's family. And then feeding the people in the Eucharist. I know our second graders here are preparing to receive their first Holy Communion on Saturday. So in a few short days, you will be receiving Jesus for the first time in the Eucharist. A priest also welcomes back sinners into God's embrace through the sacrament of penance, prepares couples for marriage, and then gets to celebrate that joyous day with them, and then prepares souls for death and also offers the funeral mass. So a priest is really the visible presence of Christ, whether that be in moments of great joy or great sorrow. And we call our priests Father because a father is at the service of life and growth. In this case, spiritual life and spiritual growth. Besides receiving the Eucharist frequently, we need to pray. We need to pray and to ask the Lord two important questions. Two important questions. First is, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do with my life? Not me. What do you want? And that's something we have to ask the Lord each and every day. Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And secondly, how do you want me to do it? Lord, how do you want me to do that? Now, fortunately, we know the answer to the first question already. What do you want me to do with my life, O Lord? He wants us to grow in holiness. He wants us to become a saint. Some, for some of us, that will be as priests, because God needs many good priests to continue his ministry, to shepherd his flock, and to feed his people. But then we need to go deeper in our own hearts and ask that second question, Lord, how do you want me to grow in holiness? And that's something if we speak to him, if we ask that question every day, God will speak to us in the silence of our hearts. So to all the young men here, please consider the priesthood. God might be calling you to serve him in that way. And even now you can begin, perhaps when that time comes, by becoming an altar boy or talking to priests and seminarians, certainly praying that God's will be done in your life. Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm not really holy enough to become a priest. And you're absolutely correct. Neither am I or any other human being. But God gives us the power and the ability because the power comes from Christ. And he needs men to respond to his call. But he also needs young women to become religious sisters. One of my older sisters is a Carmelite nun in a convent in Idaho. And although I don't get to see her very often... Whenever I do, I always notice a great smile on her face and also the fact that she's wearing a veil. And that always reminds me, almost like a wedding veil, that a bride always wears a veil at her wedding 
And my sister is also wearing a veil because she is a bride of Christ, a very special and chosen bride of Christ. I'm also very blessed to have an older brother who is a priest and a monk in Oklahoma. So he's not only a father, but he's also a brother. So I have the ability to call him father, father, or I could call him father, brother, or I could call him brother, brother, or I could just call him father. But in any case, it's so wonderful for me to have that that ability to share in the priesthood, not only with my, my, my brother who is a brother by blood, but we've also dedicated our lives to Christ. And that power and that ability and that authority comes from Christ himself. So God will always give us the graces that if he, give, if he gives us a special mission, he'll also give us the tools to accomplish that mission. To everyone here today, please pray for religious and priestly vocations from among your own families and children. It's so easy to pray for someone else's child to become a priest or religious. But God wants us to be generous and say, take my son to be a priest or my daughter to be a religious. Don't be a parent who opposes the will of God by discouraging a religious vocation because we know our children will be happiest when they're doing God's will, whatever that may be. Now, after this Mass, at the end, we'll have a very special opportunity to go on a Eucharistic procession outside. But really, a Eucharistic procession is a model for our lives that Jesus leads and we follow. Jesus leads and we follow. So if Jesus is calling you to serve him as a priest or as a religious, allow him to lead you. Stay close to the Eucharist, especially by receiving the Eucharist frequently and by spending time in daily prayer. And like the priest St. John Vianney, you will become a living instrument of Jesus Christ and a saint for the kingdom of God. And that's really what God calls us. That's our primary vocation, is to become a saint following the heart of our Savior, Jesus Christ.